Our gospel lesson this morning is from the Gospel of John, in the fourth chapter, verses 5 through 42. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. And it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Because Jews do not share things in common with with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. And the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. You've had four husbands, and the one that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as those to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came, and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. And she said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I have ever done. 
So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me, please. Gracious God, open our ears that we may hear your truth. Open our eyes that we may see your kingdom. And open our hearts and minds that we might know the cries of our brothers and sisters who are hurting and hungry and sometimes even dying without the knowledge of your love for them. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. You know, as I was preparing for the sermon this morning, as I was preparing for worship, I did something that I don't usually do. I, I grabbed a bottle of water out of the, out of the uh, little refrigerator there in the, in, the, in the room. And please pardon me if I do take a drink of the water while I'm preaching on hydration uh, this morning. It, it certainly is not intentional, but uh, I will tell you that my blood sugar was a little low this morning, uh, so I'm finding myself a little thirstier than normal to, uh, today, so please bear with me a bit. But as I was working on the sermon, I, I, I asked myself the question, how often do we find ourselves around folks who constantly have a bottle of water in their possession? How often is this bottle a commercial bottle of water that's been extracted by some commercial company that's only interested in extracting a gross profit from a potentially or a plentifully available source in the community where that bottler is located? And how often is the water being extracted without concern for the locale where the water is extracted in the first place? Sadly, this is becoming a problem throughout the United States and around the world as huge commercial firms like Nestle's rape and exploit the local communities where they extract at very low cost the water that they can and then turn around and sell it to, com to consumers at an outrageous upcharge without fear of recourse because they have bought and paid for the local resources and the local politicians in their greed. It's a shameful place that we find ourselves in these days as our aquifers are being drained and, and companies with no ties to the local community and who have no care and concern for that local community are, and are, are only interested in the profits that they can extract from the local resources. Who are they to care what this wanton disregard of the local resource will have on the local economy once they have sucked those local resources dry and then they'll go off on their own merry way with no regard for the damage that they leave behind. Regardless of how it comes about, people are carrying and drinking water constantly. Maybe we've taken seriously the stories of thirst that we read today and conclude that we should always have a source of hydration on hand. But I suspect this phenomenon has more attempts to do, has more to do with attempts at weight loss and the infamous doctor's recommendation to drink those eight, 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 eight ounce glasses of water uh, each day. We live in a time when the lack of clean water is becoming a crisis 
Parts of our nation are rationing water. And it seems clear that farming will look different in the next decade and the decades to come as the demand for water for the extraction of fossil fuels in large-scale farming begins to severely restrict the water that's available for people to acquire and, and use for daily living. We're seeing that happen right now out west as the Colorado River is drying up. You know, it never made sense to me that we had a desire to build huge cities out in the middle of the desert so that people could move there to, to find uh, climates that would accommodate their allergies and then they'd turn around and demand more water so that they could grow the things that gave them the allergies in the first place. It made no sense. Makes no sense. And it's leading to major problems out west. Access to water defines what property has value and in some societies makes women and children vulnerable to attack as they venture far, too, far away to acquire their daily water. Would that there were stories today that we could break for living water, or stones that we could break for living water. In other parts of the world, the water rises to dangerous levels, and people seek shelter from dangerous flooding. In many cases here in, in North America, this is becoming an all-too-familiar phenomenon. In our community, we're thankful for the, for the establishment of the Tennessee Valley Authority at the height of the Depression and the effect that their dams and flood control projects have had on the cycle of flooding that was at one time a constant in the Tennessee River Valley. Water comforts and cleanses. It also destroys by its abundance or its scarcity. We are utterly dependent on water, and we illustrate that dependence as we carry it around in plastic bottles, sucking on it for dear life. Particularly when engaging in rigorous physical training or exertion, we need to stay hydrated so that our efforts at transformation won't be compromised by a lack of the essential fluid that is necessary for all life. On this third Sunday in Lent, we particularly note how spiritual hydration is essential for the transformation that we seek. In today's readings, the people and then Jesus are simply thirsty. In response to their thirst, they ask for water. And it seems reasonable to me. New life is offered to the Samaritan woman in this ancient site where she and Jesus share common origins the location of Jacob's well. And all of the people of her town are invited to know Jesus through her good news. The Hebrew people point out that they need water, which invites Moses into a conversation with God that creates from his despair water from a stone. And so many stories of the Bible are stories about water. From creation to the river of life in the end time, we are a people whose spirituality is framed in, in the cleansing and life-giving qualities of water. Yet we seem to be experiencing a parching lack of spiritual water in our lives today. The woman in this story, despite all that has happened to her in her life to, to cause her to avoid the community well during the cooler part of the day, is seeking a living water that can cool her soul and quench her spirit, even though she will avoid admitting that to this admitting that to this itinerant rabbi of the southern kingdom that she encounters in the noonday sun. 
despite what may have been considered a strike against her by the community where she lived, Jesus never condemns her. Instead, he offered her living water, a water that offered life instead of death and growth instead of stagnation. Living water is what Christ offers to us today. He offers us life in the midst of death, sustenance in the midst of carnage, hope in the midst of despair. In a time when we seem to be engulfed in the things that tear us apart, Jesus offers us the source of life that binds us together with cords that cannot be broken. Jesus offers us the source of life and hope that comes slowly in relationship to the God who seeks to restore relationship with us above and above all. The only things that are important are the relationships that come from living out our call to love God and love neighbor. You see, the woman at the well gets it. She gets that Jesus is more than a special rabbi, more than a spiritual teacher. She gets it that Jesus is someone who gets her and understands her and the pain that she's experienced in her life. She gets it that he not only understands that pain that she's experienced, but he doesn't hold that pain and her reaction to that pain against her. In fact, he makes sure that she understands that she is forgiven of every wrong that she has ever committed. You see, forgiveness is what Jesus is all about. Forgiveness is the first step toward restoration. And restoration to a right relationship with God is what Jesus is all about. No matter what we've done, no matter how bad we feel about what we have done, Jesus tells us that we are forgiven Jesus tells us that our relationship with the God of all creation, a relationship that we may believe is totally destroyed, is not destroyed at all. And as we proceed through this Lenten season, my prayer is that we may experience the living water that Jesus shared with this woman and that Jesus wants to share with us. May our lives be open to the gushing river of living water that's offered to us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to visit our website at mcfarlandumc.org to learn more about our church and the ministries that we provide to the Rossville and East Lake communities around Chattanooga. May God's blessings be yours.